So we're in the series called Fear Right. Fear Right. And this is the last week in the series of Fear Right. We've talked about how great God is. We've talked about his awesomeness, his ability to be trusted in everything. He is our rock and our fortress. And, and in the midst of him being that, man, we can so come to him. Fear Right. Fear the Lord is what we were talking about. And that was in the second week as we learned what it meant to put our trust in him. And then last week, Pastor Steve walked us through the challenge from Jeremiah 17 of don't put your eyes down. All too often, it's easy to start fearing man, to look around and be concerned more about what people think of me or what people might react to me or or even what circumstances might be going on. And, and our God becomes small and our problem becomes big. And uh, so, Lord, help us not to do that. And, and so this week is, well, what if I am doing that? Like, what if I am fearing in the wrong way? What if I have anxiety and it's got me gripped and, 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 and so great, I'm not supposed to, I know what I'm supposed to do and not do now, but how do I get there? And that's what we're going to be looking at today is how do I, you know, fear, it grips us in a lot of different ways. I just wrote a few things down here. Uh, it might be one of those where, you know, a teacher or somebody calls for an answer and we're like, oh, there's no way I'm raising my hand to answer in front of a group of people. Like, I'm not going to talk in front of people. Fear. Or, or maybe, you know, I know someone who's messed up with something and I need to talk with them about it. I should be helping them through that and confronting them. But what if they don't like me afterwards? And no way am I going close to that. Fear. When we're tossing and turning in bed at night, when we're reviewing all the details of a problem and we're trying to figure out which way we could go with it and what we could do to handle it better and, oh my, what if it doesn't go right in this area and then I'll have to do and then I'll have to do and, and we just start spinning on all of the problem of it all. Fear and anxiety. You know, when you get that tightness in your chest or your stomach starts doing a flip-flop in the moment and you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden you... Act differently than maybe you would have in the first place fear and anxiety we all have different senses of it it's when we take our eyes off of Christ and we put them down on the problem or the people or the circumstances around us and start reviewing it in detail that's anxiety that's improper fear that's what we're going to be talking about how to deal with today. Our God is so great. What's his answer? And, and so how do I deal with this anxiety? Well, how can I have victory over it? And turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to answer that question. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you, okay? Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. We're going to walk verse by verse through this. Philippians 4, 2 through 9. Lord, help me battle anxiety and improper fear. So the first step partnership help each other in displaying the unity we have in christ partnership help each other in displaying the unity that we have in christ believe it or not a lot of our anxiety comes from not getting along with each other a lot of our anxiety comes from i'm not sure where they stand with me right now and we kind of had this little thing last week and and, and, and so now when I walk in the room, I'm wondering what they're thinking about me. And now I see them talking with so-and-so over there, and maybe they're talking about me. And, and like all of a sudden, it stirs in us when we don't get along with someone. And so Paul addresses unity along with anxiety here. Let's just start in verse 2. He says, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. 
I entreat, like I implore, like I, I plead with you. I want this for you. I long for it and I'm asking of it from you. Please give this. Okay, that's what he's saying. Yodia and Syntyche, these are two ladies. We see that just in a little bit here. It comes up. Uh, two ladies that are fighting and yet they're very strong leaders as well. Something's going on. He says, I need you to agree in the Lord. This literally in the Greek means I need you to have the same mind. I need you to get along. I need you to consider what it looks like to display that unity that you know so much. To agree together. Now, apparently, let's just make a few observations about this battle, okay? Apparently, it's not deeply doctrinal. Because if it were, Paul would have weighed in. You know, fair enough. I mean, if there's actually a right and a wrong position, he'd have been like, Yodia, shut up. Syntyche knows what she's talking about. And this is what God's saying. And this is what it's about. And he didn't do that. He didn't deliver a doctrinal position. He said, get along, people. There seems to be a gray area going on here. There seems to be something in the disagreement where, quite frankly, they probably both grabbed a little bit of good truth. And they both, in some way, shape, or form, may have even been right. And yet you need to figure out how and when and where the timing of everything and the getting along of everything and the be careful. Make sure there's unity displayed. May we not be so adamant for our position, my way, that we end up running over the top of the people around us. That's what he's saying. And uh, in short, you know, be careful. Make sure you understand what you're being leaded and guided to do. I mean, in this case, he's telling leadership, step in. Right? So the next step. Yes, I ask you also, true companion. We're not sure who this guy is. True companion. Don't you wonder when he read the letter? Like, which guy went, oh, that's me. Don't you wonder? I don't know what was going on. Somehow they knew what was happening. True companion. We don't know who this guy is. Help these women. Help. Like, come alongside. Make it clear what's going on. Explain to them what you're looking for, the unity that you're looking for, the getting along of one mind. Help them. Let's see this thing get resolved. Help. Now, just so you know, here's a little advice for helping. Uh, ready? <clears throat> so when you help someone, it's not coming in and telling them how stupid you think they are. Okay, it's not coming in and sharing your judgment upon the thing. All right. Nor is it coming in and trying to add a third opinion to the two that already exist. This isn't so much of a, hey, I know you're talking about a gray area. I can have opinions about a gray area. Let me help you. That's not what he's talking about. Like step in with clarity from scripture as to what guides us. Okay. The best help we can ever be is when we turn the word of God around and we say, check this verse out. Look at this segment. Read this. What does this say? Like, let's start to put together the boundaries of what God's teaching. What are the practical elements that God places around this as guidelines? And let's make sure we at least keep that in mind. It might also be that you end up working kind of like a mediator. So can you see from this boundary? How both of you could actually be right. You know, can you hear the conversation going on? You're trying to teach a little bit from God's word about what the boundaries are and where the freedoms are. And let's make sure by the end of this, we understand exactly where we must step and then areas where we have choice. And then let's be careful about how we take those choices. Okay. Helping. That's what he's talking about here. A very wise, very biblically centered 
assist. This is not in the gut of my soul. I believe Syntyche's right. That's not what he's saying, all right? He's not saying come in and just weigh in with your own personal opinion and throw it out there. That's not the help. The help is give them God's view towards things, all right? Help these women. Now check this out. Who are these people who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life? Like these ladies are saved, names in the book of life. These ladies know who Jesus Christ is and him crucified. They're, they're trusting in him. They're, they're running with him. In fact, they've labored side by side with Paul in the ministry. These are some powerful, leading, shepherding people. And in part, that's probably where the battle's coming from, is now they're both stepping up to lead in opposite directions, or maybe just in slightly opposite directions. And there's some disagreement going on. So we see a, a very strong leadership with a little bit of disagreement. Paul's calling them to get along. We're seeing the chance to be able to get along as a display of unity and also a reduction of the anxiety. Apparently it was causing some great stir within the body. And it's easy for us as we get around conflict to get a little bit uptight. You know, we, we, we may fade back. And, and not want to be a part of the conversation or, or we may lean in, but it, it just kind of gets uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Anxiety. A lot of times we can fix it by how we treat one another right here in this body. Like, how are we getting along? And is there a family member or a friend? Is there a neighbor? Is there someone in my small group where I've had a little bit of a rough going? And, and we need to sit down and work some things out and let's get it clear so that the anxiety levels come down. Did you know that when you put 1,300 people together in one area, you can get a little bit of conflict? Did you know that? Yeah, we know that. And so it's okay to work some things out. It's part of being a believer. It's saying, I understand that there's times I make mistakes, and I understand where there's times where we need to learn to get along a little better. Let's do that. You know, within our body, we have a lot of hurts going on. And... uh I mean, this can be in areas of marriage, and it can be in areas of friendship and family. I mean, just in the past couple of weeks, I've, I've had the privilege of being able to sit down with three different marriages that were, that were wrestling. Hard times, tough questions, words like separation and divorce come up. And not sure which way I should head with this. And, and uh, one person even said to me, is it okay that I don't want to work on this? And uh, like, as we talked it out and prayed it out... God honoring right now, all three have agreed, we're willing to take those steps forward that God might show his hand here. And, and I got to be honest, all of them are like, I want to see God work. And in fact, the guy who said, is it okay that I'm not real happy about this? Yeah, my answer is real simple. It's great to not be happy about conflict and about not getting along. Like, let's not be happy about that. But let's be happy that God's hand can be at work in our lives. And let's see what it could look like if God takes charge. And let's see what it can look like if God's blueprint is what's running our lives. Be in prayer. Be in prayer for the people around you. Like maybe it's you. Maybe you're having a rough marriage struggle or a friendship struggle. And, and maybe you need to be reaching out. And Lord, give me wisdom in how I can do that. And, or, or maybe you just know a family or a marriage or a friendship that's struggling. Pray for them. 
storm the throne of grace for them regularly repeatedly be there for them ask them if they have anything that you can help come alongside with may we be a body not of giant groups of individuals wandering around individually but may we lack arms partnership help one another help one another that's what it looks like lord who where just keep your ears open because there's a lot going on and as god stirs and we always need to take steps when god stirs it usually leaves us with a little bit of consternation for a while like i'm not sure which way to turn and maybe i'm mistreating my wife a little bit and lord give me some wisdom here and step out with them that they might see the victory help that unity might be displayed I'm just going to ask you real quickly, right where you're at, to just take a moment and think of a couple of names. Names you could be praying for. Names you could be reaching out for. Names you could be stepping out and just asking them how they're doing. Just take a second and think. You ready? You got those names? I'm just going to pray right now for them. And you're going to bring their names up directly to the Lord, okay? Father God, we have need. Lord, we have hurts. We have families, we have friends, we have marriages where we need you to be bursting onto the scene, to invade into their lives in a way that is so glorious as your almighty power and love and presence is sensed. Lord, we pray for these that we know. Lift their name to him now, just quietly where you're at. Any detail that you know that you might need to be a part of or wisdom to be a part of it. Father God, we love you and we worship you. May your word be something that changes us each and every moment of each and every day as your spirit trains us. And Lord, as we learn here to reach out and to be willing to stand in the gap, give us that wisdom to step out. Lord, may the marriages of this church thrive. May the relationships in this church grow for your honor and glory. In your name I pray, amen. Partnership. It's a huge part of anxiety within the church coming down, okay? Second, prayer. Hey, we just did a little bit of that. Prayer. Bring everything to him in prayer, always finding what to be thankful for. Bring everything to him in prayer, always finding what to be thankful for. We just brought one piece to him, some needs that we know of, but this is bring everything to him, okay? Prayer. It's a communication with God Almighty. We start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. This word does not mean be happy. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean get all giddy in the circumstances like, oh, this is so awesome. It's so much fun. Not like being on a roller coaster ride at an amusement park. That's not what he's talking about. Like those are things you can enjoy in the moment. This is more like, No matter what's going on, despite the circumstances, a deep 
reverential awe of God and a celebration of him at work in this world. Rejoice. And Paul's like going all preacher on us here. He repeats it twice over. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Like he's saying, I don't know if I said that enough. Write it again. Right? He wants to make sure that they get what they're supposed to be doing. Rejoice in everything going on. Make sure that the circumstances are celebrated because you know God's at work. Not because you're a masochist. Right? It's not, oh, cool, pain. It's not that. It's my God works. My God has power and authority. My God moves. My God absolutely has this under control. My God is so worth knowing. And I so know who he is. And I am absolutely going to celebrate him. Rejoice. That's what we're talking about. No matter what the situation, God lifted up. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let your reasonableness be known. This is, you know, when you actually celebrate in the midst of a problem, when you see God working and you see both sides of it, you look more reasonable, balanced. You have a perspective about you that shows that you understand what God's doing. You're God-centered. You're seeing the Spirit's fruits and things. You get what God's doing. Reasonableness. It's a statement of heart and a statement of mind that we end up in as we rejoice. Notice it says right after it, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. A little bit of controversy on this little phrase here, okay? The word in the Greek really means near. The Lord is near, okay? Now, there's two ways you can be near. One is in time, like he's coming soon. Right? Like the Lord is coming back and I'm telling you when he returns, it's all going to be righted. It's going to be amazing. Right? First Thessalonians four. And we see the description of the rapture as we kind of meet him in the clouds in this great celebration and or, or revelation 19, maybe in his second coming as he comes storming in on a white horse to clean things up once and for all. The Lord is coming soon near. Okay. In time, but it also could mean near like presence. Like right here with me. What we know is he's saying the Lord is near. Maybe he means both. Maybe he only means one angle to it. I can tell you this. It's supposed to impact the fact that as we look at circumstances, we get that we have a problem solver. That's what we're supposed to get. God bigger, problem smaller. That's what we're supposed to get out of this. Okay. The Lord is at hand. And God's got it in hand. He says, do not be anxious about anything. So for those of you wrestling with worry, this is your verse, right? Do not be anxious about anything. Oh, that's all. I'm just not supposed to be anxious. Oh, okay. Never mind that. Right? Like, is that kind of uh, overstated? Uh, isn't it kind of easy to say, you know, when somebody says, I I'm doing this and this and this. And yeah, don't do that. Right? And that's the end of our fix. Are you serious? That's all you have for me. Don't. Paul's like, no, that's not all I have for you. I also have how. Okay. Do not be anxious. Great. How? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer, supplication, requests, all synonyms for one thing. Bring your needs to the feet of the cross 
and explain to God Almighty where you're at. Let him know and understand your heart and your insights. It's not like he's going to go, really? I didn't know that. Okay, it's not that. It's not God's so uninformed. You better get in there and get him clued in. Like, that's not it, okay? It's more this. It's, it's God, I need to be real with where I'm at. And, and I want to let you know what I'm wrestling with. And I want to let you know what I'm struggling with. And, and Lord, here's my perspective on things. Albeit a little bit narrow, right? I don't see the whole universe. And I don't have all power and I, and I, and I'm pretty much locked in on my feelings of the world. And, and and so, yeah, I get it. It's kind of a small perspective, but here's my perspective and and Lord, I'm laying that out before you. And yet at the same time, we've seen Christ pray, right? But not my will be done. May yours be done. And and so Lord, I'm laying this before you, but I'm trusting you. And, And so I'm giving my heart and I'm giving my mind and I'm giving my concerns to you right now. Father, this thing has me in angst. And I'm laying it at your feet. Notice he says, but with thanksgiving. I want to touch on that in just a second. Have you ever heard this phrase? Concern versus responsibility. Have you heard that? Concern versus responsibility. What's the difference? Well, we can be concerned. Like, I'm going to consider the things that are going on within a problem. I've got this situation. And so there's a lot of stuff happening a little bit. That's my role. Okay. And what's my role is my responsibility and those things I need to write down and take to task. Okay. I need to be about my responsibilities. Lord, help me know what are my responsibilities and help me go after them. And Lord on the rest, which are concerns, I'm going to say, I'm really not sure if the person next to me has it. Like, I don't know if they know what to do and. Lord, I'm giving it to you. And Father, I'm putting my concerns into your hand. The responsibility of the universe sits in the sovereign hands of God Almighty. Trust him. Lean on him. Rely on him. May your prayer time be you coming to him saying, Lord, I'm trying to find my sliver of responsibility and hand the rest over. The predominant amount of anxiety that we feel and fear that we feel is when we try to own what isn't ours to own. We try to take on the problems of the universe, and that's God's. We have a sliver of responsibility. Find it. Be about it. Give the rest over to God Almighty. That's what he's saying. And in the midst of it, there's a thing to do with attitude, with thanksgiving. Okay? With thanksgiving. In other words, Lord, may I be about celebrating appreciating, worshiping you in the midst of my problems, in the midst of my successes, in the midst of everything going on. May I always be able to find a way to say, thank you, Lord. I mean, if nothing else, then let's start with the simplest. If we know who Jesus Christ is, if he is our savior, then let's just start it this way. If nothing else, God almighty, thank you that you are my savior. That you are my almighty king, creator, sustainer, provider. And I have eternity with you because of all that you've done for me. Your grace, your mercy, your provision. Like, wow. Lord, I'm in awe. Thank you for who you are. If nothing else, we've got at least that to be thankful for. But usually... God's hand is moving more than that in the situation, and we can see little things going on. List 
what you're thankful for. Notice it says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God with thanksgiving, right? In everything, like in all things. And how many things? How many things? Uh, Think about that for a moment. All? Every day? Every problem? Every way? And the answer is? Man, is that weak. And the answer is? Darn straight it is. Like, Lord, may I absolutely understand that I need to be bringing everything under your sovereign hand. And any time I try to take it on myself, I'm literally trying to steal away your responsibility and control. Everything, all, bring it back to him with thanksgiving. What's the secret about thanksgiving? Well, let me just tell you this. Um, My wife and I have been married 18 years. And uh, we were 18 years this last Monday, actually. So it just, just turned over in the anniversary. So, yeah, that's worth applauding. We'll take a, we'll take a few applause on that. Why are you applauding, hon? Okay, you're happy to be married to me. Good. All right. I made it 18 years. 18 years. And you know what? We had a, a little bit of struggle this uh, in this past couple of months, just at times a little bit more distant or whatever. And, and I'm not even sure where John ended up finding this, but this idea of thankfulness, she came back and said, you know what? Maybe what we should do is just each night say two things we're thankful for for each other. And, uh, and so that night, uh, it was about 9 o'clock. I'd completely forgotten about the plan. And uh, <laughs> got to be honest up here, right? And so she leans over and looks at me from the one couch. And she says, I'm thankful because, and then she walks through an explanation of some things and then does another one. And I'm also thankful for, and another one. And then my stomach flipped <laughs> and, and, and I felt my chest get a little tight, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, now I'm on. And I, and I got to be thankful. And you know what? You don't realize how often you allow brick walls to build. Until you need to start doing things like that. And and so as I turned around and said a few things that I was thankful for. And just got real with some stuff with her. And what she's been doing in our family and in our lives. And and it just kind of brings the wall down. And then the next night the same thing. And the next night the same thing. And we did that for several weeks there. Where we just all of a sudden there was an ease of relationship between us. You, You know you can't be saying things of thankfulness. Really meaning it. And still have that wall between. You can't. In fact, I'd say it this way. Negativity. Negativity is the soil where anxiety grows. Negativity is the soil where anxiety grows. Thankfulness. That's the soil where peace grows. Thankfulness versus negativity. It's a big difference. And being able to be thankful is life changing. Look for those couple of things you can be thankful for. To be able to say, you know... Like to my wife, to be able to say, thank you for what you do for our family on a regular basis. Part of Jana's role within our family is taking care of part of the home with the cleaning and the kids are also working with, and then I'm working with, there's this team thing going on and Jana's got a huge load with it. And, uh, she does that well and without complaining and excited about it. And, and thank you for that. Cause I don't come home and do a lot of that. Like it's not happening. John is taking care of a lot of that throughout the day and taking care of Everything going on after five o'clock in our home. In case you don't know, I know nothing that goes on after five o'clock. 
I find out as I get home and I go, what's going on tonight? That's kind of how our, and so when I, like if we're ever trying to book a dinner or something, some of you know as we've gone out, I always say, talk to Jana, she books the dinners, everything after five, because otherwise we'll double book and it'll be a train wreck, okay? So Jana takes care, like there's a lot that she takes care of for our family so that we keep unity going. And, and thank you for that. And, and that's huge. And to be able to say little things like that and recognize along the way and, and, and recognizing attitude and role and responsibility, it's a big deal. It helps in the marriage. It helps in our relationship with God Almighty. We're asked to be thankful. Let's not be the one who comes storming in and constantly tells God what's broken and leaves. Let's come in and recognize that his hand is moving. I mean, picture it from his view for, for a second, just for a second. God has everything under control and we come in and we're like, Hey God, just to let you know, problem over here. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not real comfortable with it. I, I really, I think something should change. It, it's not looking good. And I think you need to do this and this and this and this and this. I'm done. And we leave and God's like, still have it under control. I don't know what he's thinking about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's our mistake, not his. We're missing out when we don't enjoy the thankfulness and the relationship with him. Notice what comes with it. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, the calm in the heart, despite the circumstances, the Peace with God first and foremost, and then the peace of God second that comes by knowing him personally. Peace with God, that's when we're justified. Christ shed blood for us. We can't have peace of God unless we have peace with God. It has to start there. Let's not teach that there's things we can have with God relationship-wise without actually trusting in him as Savior. That's not what Scripture teaches. Peace with God then brings peace of God as we live properly with him. It's a confidence that inwardly we've got things right with him. It surpasses all understanding. That means every human being standing around you is like, oh, I, I, I so don't get that. Like, what's going on? What's, what's happening? The peace of God is our privilege as we live with him, surpassing all understanding. And notice it says, guards your heart and mind. Guards your heart and mind. In other words, it's going to keep you close to him. Guards your heart and mind. Your thinking, your feeling, your wanting, your desiring. Going to keep you close to him. What a great privilege we have for his peace to pour over us as we come to him faithfully, regularly, trustingly. God Almighty, help us. Okay, top three things we need to remember as we come to him in prayer. Top three things. Number one, the love of God wants our best. The love of God does want the best for us. Okay? The love of God wants the best. Number two, the wisdom of God knows what's best. He doesn't just hope that it happens. He doesn't just want it to be the best, but the wisdom of God knows what is best. So the love of God wants the best. The wisdom of God knows the best. And last, the power of God delivers the best. 
Lord, may I trust in you. Your love, your wisdom, your power. If you're looking for things to be thankful for, that's a great place to start. Your love, your wisdom, your power. God, may you work in my family, in my life, in my world, in this place. May we be stirred toward you. There was a guy who was trying to teach his son something and they were out fishing. And so he picked up an anchor while he's uh, in the boat. And he takes the anchor and he flings it to the side and it sticks into the shore. And he kind of tugs on it once, okay? And he looks over at his son and he goes, do you see how far we are from the shore? The son goes, yeah. And he starts pulling on the rope and he goes, are we closer or further? He goes, we're, we're closer. And he goes, good. Did the shore move or did we? Uh, we did. Yeah, that's prayer. Like when we lock into God Almighty, we're not moving God towards us because we've got the almighty view of the world. We're saying, Lord, help me see your perspective. Move me towards you. Lord, I've gotten a little distant and, and I'm bringing you some of my concerns and, and, and these worries and anxieties, they're, they're, they're mounting up and I just want to lay them down before you and I'm going to break out the sliver of my responsibility and I want the rest to be your concerns now and responsibility. I'm done. I, I only know so much and so please, and, and, and it allows us to get closer to him. And by the way, God, thank you for what you're doing with our family right now. I'm in awe of how your hand is moving in this relationship with this friend of mine. And, and thank you for what you're doing in my heart right now with my love for you and my... Thank you, Lord, for all that you are in my life. I'm in awe. We move towards him when we properly pray. It's an amazing privilege. So here's my question. What's distracting you? What are your anxieties and fears? What's got you all... Wrapped up, tizzied up. Anxiety and fear. Got it? That thing that's got you bothered. It's time to hand it over to him. It's time to say, Lord, here's my thoughts. Here's my concerns on it, but I'm laying it at your feet. And Lord, by the way, I'm thankful. So here's the next question. Not just what are my anxieties, but now the next question. What are two things you can be thankful for when you're talking with your God? Two things. I'm actually going to be quiet for a second here. Time to think. Two things. Super important job right now to find those. Two things to be thankful for. Lord, when I rush to your side to talk to you about life, may I remember all that you're doing. Prayer. It's a powerful, life-changing, heart and mind guarding responsibility of ours. And every time we struggle, let's go through it with powerful prayer time. So first is partnership, second is prayer, and third, how do we deal with anxiety? Thoughts. Think about those things that are reflections of God's character rather than all that is broken. Think about those things that are reflections of God's character rather than all that is broken. It's easy for us to review the broken, isn't it? It's easy for us to sit in a situation and go, I would never have done that. 
I would never have done that. I have no idea why they're thinking that way. What in the world was going on with this? It was supposed to be like this, and now it's not like that. And what's up with, and why not, and how about, and, and, and somehow, you know, we love to armchair quarterback, don't we? I mean, we're sitting there watching a basketball game, and the team's been leading for 56 minutes, hypothetically. Final four game last night, and, and all of a sudden, you know what? The lead's given up, and there's some things being decided, and there's some ways they're playing things, and what are they thinking about? And Because I know. I, I've been a coach of a Final Four team before. <laughs> right? And how often do we do that? Where we review the problems and the situation, but we don't actually allow there to be somebody who knows more than us. Let's think about the things that reflect God's character, that lift God up. Okay, what are those? Glad you asked. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Okay? So let's break it down. Anything true. This is like, I'm just going to say very directly, John 17, 17 says, your word is truth. And so, Lord, anything that we see in your word, may we lift that up. And, Lord, may we live according to your word. Your word is truth. And, 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 and Father, thank you for the truth we have. Now, is there truth beyond Scripture? Yeah, there, there's stuff that's true in general about life, right? We have math, two plus two. Where'd you find that in the Scriptures, right? And, and so we have things that are true beyond Scripture, but stuff of the heart and soul of life. Things that will alter your relationship with God for all of eternity, true, found in his word. Think on those things. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Like, think on those things. That Why hide them? Why memorize scriptures so we can review them on a more regular basis? True, honorable, those things that are noble and dignified, those things that bring great respect towards God because we're a part of him. Just, those things that are right according to God's standard. That's what just means. Be about the things that lift up God's standard. Just. Pure, like morally clean. Morally clean. Inside and out. Lovely. These are things that are pleasing. They're attractive both to God into man's eye pleasing and attractive that's lovely commendable well thought of like when people would go hey good job commendable okay think about the different things that are so upbeat so positive so god-centered so his character so all about honoring him mull on those often thinking of what god would think of this situation says things that are excellent and worthy of praise being able to consider the stuff that would be god's sightings viewing god's hand moving things that are excellent and worthy of praise i'm guaranteeing you god's a part of right every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights like god giving to us consider his goodness and his greatness celebrate what he's doing think on the stuff that's awesome i'm telling you you're going to find this is an unbelievable challenge and and for those of you who have analytical minds okay and and so like it's easy for us to start thinking of the things that are broken 
And, and that's okay to think of things that are broken as an analytical mind that's trying to lead. But this is how you think of them. You have to write them down, put them in place, figure out what your sliver of responsibility is, hand the rest over to God. Now do your thing and start thinking true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. I'm telling you, it's so easy as a leader or as somebody who's more of an analytical thinker to spend all the time enumerating the broken. And then at the very end, have some little five second prayer we pitch forward and it's not life altering. Be cautious. Use your head to think through things like you have to think you're going to be a part of a job. They want you to be figuring out discerning where things are broken and what might need to be a certain way. And it's okay. I can't think about the broken. I have to think of what's true and noble and right. Yeah, you're fired. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a point where you have to be real. I got to talk about what's broken here. But for a moment, as I then figure out what's my responsibility, what other responsibilities get spread around, and then Lord, I bring it to you and it's what's true and noble and right and pure. And are you hearing it? There's a balance in this and how we act it out where God, the only reason I'm looking at anything broken is just so that we can see things done for your name, for your honor and for your glory. But in the end, that I also might be faithful to what I've been called to do. Okay. That's the balance in this. Make sure you lift it up in the right way. Okay. God calls us to think and notice what he says right after it. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Practice these things now. Don't just think on them. Now practice them. What you've thought about, now go do. You see, the more you think about something, the more you're going to do the something. And so if what you think about is, I wish I could get in a room with that person alone. I'd give them a piece of my mind. I'm telling you, I'd let them have it with the, and I would say, and here's what I do. And, and I, my gut feel is, and I wish I could, right? And then, and then you turn the corner as you're talking to somebody. I'd so give it to them. And then they walk up towards you and you're like, don't. And your stomach flips and, and like, oh, I'm so in the wrong. And what am I doing? And like, we got to really be careful with what we do with our mouths and our mind. The things we think on, the things we mull on, putting it to the positive is what we're called to do and then practice them. I just found this quote. It's a nice way to end. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. Let me just read it one more time. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. God, may you truly guard my heart and my mind as I humbly place myself in your hands. Lord, I'm trusting you, the almighty creator of the universe, to be my everything. Lord, I'm so wanting you to take control in my life. I'm handing it over to you. Every piece of every day, in every way, may every problem be seen in light of this. 
I know the author and perfecter of my good faith. And I know the almighty sustainer and creator. And he is sovereign. I am so going to trust in him. He so has everything totally under control. God, you are my God. I'm done with me taking control. That just brings worry. I'm handing it over to you. I'm trusting in you with all I've got. You are my God. And now I'm humbly here and I'm thanking you with all I have. I'm amazed with who you are. I'm in awe of what you do. You are stunning. I worship you with all I've got. See your worry and anxiety. Amen? That's fearing right. Let's pray.